0: Hello and welcome back to Pokemon Radio. We are your hosts, Derek and Ceci, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Now, unfortunately, Professor Oak is unable to join us because he's searching for Mirage Island. He thought he found it, but you could say that it was a mirage.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's just, like, so, right there in the name, but, like, you do you, Oak. <laughs> Who am I to stop there? you? See, I do see. what I did there? Oak does not um, see, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Super clever. Super clever. Now, last time we left our trainers, uh, it was in Cetopolis City with eight gym badges in hand, ready to go. Got Victory Road and the Elite Four just waiting, waiting. And I can finally say thank you just back to his little dysfunctional family. Now, first, let's check in with Edna and see how the team's doing.
1: Edna's team is, shocker, mm, low levels. <laughs> I think Edna's run out of steam a little bit, so um, bear with her here. She has Torkel Rosalind, level 40, Volbeat, Theodosius level 41, Solrock, Fossil, level 42, Tropius, Ellie, level 43, Minan, McClintock, level 43, and Wailmer. Aristotle, also level
0: 43. Getting into QGIS's team now, uh, shockingly on par-ish with Edna's. There was a little bit of work done realizing that the, I almost said the final four, but the elite four is coming up. Got to (laughs) kind of step it up a little bit. I've been on his ass because I'm not trying to make this journey last any amount. I'm ready for vacation. I'm ready for a short time away from this grind on the road. So with QGIS's team, you got Buck Science one time every episode, FS the Mudkip at level 42, Got JF Kitty the Skitty still at level thirty three. It's not gotten much love. Area fifty one the Sableye at level forty. Flat Earth and the Nacata at level thirty one. Peter the Plussle level forty two. And change the Skarmory at level forty one. So everything's kind of leveling up, getting ready. Of course, not two everything that have been no. left behind.
1: It's not two everything left behind. leveling
0: up. <laughs> we'll see where that's, we'll see where that's going in this episode. We'll kind of see how everything goes. Now the first place that we're gonna end up at is the abandoned ship Ooh, spooky um,
1: right because we SS have cactus. our trainers have eight gym badges as you noted and hey. fully capable of going to Evergrande City and Victory Road in the Pokemon League but they don't because why would they so we're off to do some exploring
0: gotta explore abandoned ships I mean I guess that's the, <laughs> that's a thing to do that's
1: the SS cactus to you Derek
0: the SSRE, the SS Cactus. It's a very interesting name for a ship because aren't cacti like not in need of water
1: no nope um and i don't even know that it's labeled anywhere on the ship i was doing some googling while edna was exploring and i found look it on a wikipedia page so like
0: look at you. i was learning
1: history yeah while edna was um being a pokemon trainer because i was like well i've been pretty useless recently so let me try and add some value back into this partnership again <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate the studiousness. Look at you just getting the full story for us. I kind of just saw a ship and kind of kept moving about my day, which shows the type of journalist I am. So the SS Cactus, now that we know, was run aground or just offshore from Town. Now, it's abandoned, falling apart, meaning battling trainers hang out here. I, I don't get the connection there. It feels like at this point, no matter what location we're at, trainers want to battle. So I'm not surprised, but it feels like an old ship that's falling apart is a little bit weird still.
1: Honestly, I feel like it's on brand because think of all the other decrepit places we've been. The Pokemon Tower, the in Lavender Town, the Lighthouse in Olivine City, Mount Pyre, (laughs) I think, had holes in the floor. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of places. Oh, uh, Pokemon Mansion on Cinnabar Island. Like, just a lot of places in the Pokeverse that are not um, structurally sound. So, like this is apparently like one of the major draws for trainers is like am i potentially at death from a slip and fall injury if yes then like let's head there
0: (laughs) yeah well it's like maybe hot take slash conspiracy alert Oh what if these places are broken down and decrepit because of the Pokemon battling happening there? Oh
1: yeah, like yeah, 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 like yeah. they
0: normally these places were all like normal looking. Like what if this ship was just doing its thing and too many people wanted to battle and that's why it crashed? Like I feel like oh, it's like not a coincidence.
1: It's an SSN situation because mm-hmm. we had our trainers. Um, yes, Fujis and Dino battled a bunch of people there. So I mean, yeah, I guess if you use like earthquake or surf or something like you could probably do some real structural damage i bet that that is probable i i give that a, a b plus on the conspiracy theory scale that i just made up right now
0: so, oh damn we have not been using a conspiracy th- i feel like we've been missing a, a there's been a, a market
1: season three finale Gap? baby we're just going buck wild with uh new gimmicks <laughs>
0: Yeah, look at us bringing the. We innovate. If anything, we continue to innovate because that is what we do. Now, in this decrepit thing full of trainers that are battling and trying to further break this ship, there are the locked cabins, and you have to run around looking for keys and there's items, and it seems particularly dangerous because like it's, I don't know, like what if you find a room that doesn't have, like what if you end up locked in? Like I guess you can probably just bust out because the ship is so decrepit, but like. I was creeped out. My fear is, like, getting locked into one of these rooms and then fucking just, like, a ghost pops out or, like, a zombie. I don't know what the fuck it could be. It Definitely could be
1: real ghost vibes. It could be a jinx. <laughs> it's not yes. going to be a jinx. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> my biggest fear.
1: But, yeah, the area with the locked cabins, you have to access um, through dive. So, there's, like, a, an area of the main level of the ship that's flooded. So, edna aristotle and i got you know surfing over continuing her explorations found a dive spot dove down came up uh in a lower level that had you know obviously been mostly flooded but there were no trainers down there in the cabin area um Mm. so you're right i mean this is where like all of the most of the rooms were i guess the rooms for like the plebes, if we're using titanic rules here that the the staterooms on the lower level would be for the poor people yeah and yeah there were no trainers down here and this is where most of the locked rooms were i think there was one room on the main floor that was like a storage room that was locked um so if you got locked into one of these rooms like you would be screwed but most of them or some of them did actually have like holes in the walls that were like connected to other cabin rooms so i feel like you you probably could have found your way out but i mean luckily i'm I, we didn't get stuck so i'm yeah no it was more of a stuck. okay
0: no we're did not of get just stuck just like not a, run into a
1: thalassophobia any. kind of deal
0: 100 percent, 100 percent. we didn't get stuck though we didn't run into any jinxes so it was okay now one of the items that you do find is the scanner which you can go ahead and take over to captain stern slate port um and get either a deep sea tooth or a deep sea scale which is a look it might be a hot take i feel like that's not equal value it feels like a scanner is like a fancy piece of technology and you're giving me a tooth you found or a random scale
1: i had no idea what this scanner was for nobody ever explained it to us we picked it up i think in the storage room maybe and as edna's continuing on like battling there's like one researcher that's on the ship that's like oh, you found this scanner. You should go take it to Stern. Like, he could probably use it for his ferry, which is, like, I don't know that I want to go on a ferry that's, like, <laughs> using technology from a ship that ran aground. Um, especially if the <laughs> scanner is supposed to be scanning for, like, sandbars or icebergs or something. Well, that's the other
0: thing, yeah, because if it wasn't run aground by a Pokemon battle, it 100% was the fault of this, like, scanner, I'm assuming, that was right. supposed to be looking out. So, like... You're just taking a faulty scanner and fucking just running with it.
1: Um wow, But we completed that ahead. journey and that errand because we are nothing if not good errand runners. So
0: diligent. We how um, to run the fuck out of some errands.
1: Don't know what the scanner's for officially. Never heard of the deep sea tooth, deep sea scale. Edna picked the deep sea tooth because that was the one that was on top. Um immediately boxed it because I don't know. Why well, <laughs>
0: Q just to- chose the deep sea scale because um, he thought it was a test laid out by the uh, lizard people overlords to see. Because, oh, you know, secretly sorry, everyone's no, a lizard the, person. The
1: Kecleon person overlords, I think, is what you it, Sorry, the, you're yeah, 100% yeah, right. Yeah, the Kecleon yeah.
0: person overlords. So, like, he's a, a, of the opinion that everybody in government, everything like that, is secretly a Kecleon person. Mm-hmm. So he thought, even though this is like a fish scale or a Magikarp scale, whatever the deep sea scale is, like... He's of the opinion that it was laid out as a test. And if you chose against it, that means you're against the Keckleon people. So he was all in. He's like, I'm not falling for this. Give me that scale. He was all proud of himself. And like, at this point I've stopped trying to help, so I was just hyping him up. It was kind of just like a
1: I think the deep sea scale is a Gorbis scale really not seeing the connection between that and the kecleon people so i'm gonna give that a d minus on the conspiracy theory scale but it's hugest so like <laughs> that feels right yeah
0: a hundred percent like he gets graded on a curve basically i'm expecting all of his to yeah. be D's and below that's the way it works so after that we do end up because that's yeah you well you mentioned um after everything in Slateport, dealing with the scales that we saw Briny, we end up in Pacific Log Town, which is one of the most annoying names to say. I'm not going to lie.
1: Pacific Log. I don't.
0: Pacific I don't, Log. I
1: don't find a, any challenge with that. Pacific Log.
0: Pacific Log. I don't know. I was wondering. Look, wonder you can something say about it.
1: Shoal, which is not like shoal. a word that makes sense in my mouth, but Pacific Log. I got you there.
0: <laughs> Thoroughly confused by the Pacific Log. I don't know. Either it's way, like
1: Pacific, but, but then there's a D. Because- I'm going to call it P-Dog
0: Town. P-Dog Town. <laughs> p Dog
1: would be more appropriate.
0: I like P-Dog, so we're going to okay. run with that. Once again, Lost in the Blue Seas. Yo, these are fucking oceans. I'm tired of water. Like, <laughs> <coughs> clearly I could use a glass of water, but I'm tired of water. It's so much fucking water. We're out in the seas again. Oh, shocker here, getting dragged by a two-foot-tall mudkip. Just getting – at this point, I have had so much salt water that has just just sucked the moisture out of my body and fucking just – at this – I both need water and I'm tired of it. and It is the worst position I've ever been in. I don't know what the fuck to do. Either way, surf around. If you go south from Moss Deep, you end up in the amazing city of P-Dog Town, which I agree despite the fact of all this shit we have to go through to get there. Itself, in and of itself and the terrible name, P-Dog Town is kind of wonderful.
1: Um, Pacific Log Town is 1,000% the best city in Hoenn, potentially because it's so difficult to get to. That means there are, like, very few other people there, which is ideal for me, personally. Um, but if for those of you who haven't been able to make it out to Pacific Log Town or haven't been there in a while, it is...
0: Take picture, a seaplane.
1: Take a seaplane, but... <laughs> Picture Four Tree City, right, living in their tree Mm -hmm. houses, in the trees. They've got their little rope bridges, like, connecting their tree houses. Now, pick that up and place it in the water, and that is Pacific Log Town.
0: It is wonderful.
1: I am a marine scientist by training and education, so, like, I have definitely a soft spot for the ocean and oceanic, like, things, but... Yeah, seeing Pacific Log Town, which is just this sweet little, like, Tahitian, like, village hut situation, but, like, with these cool little, like, rope bridges connecting them over the water, oh, it was so fun. I wish you could have stayed there, like, you said you needed a vacation, like, I was like, hey, Edna, like, you got your eight badges, you don't, you don't really need to go to the Pokemon League, right, um, and, I don't think that she wanted to leave either, but she was like, no, look, like I made a commitment. I told my stepdad that I was going to see this through, and so I, we, we need to move on. But I enjoyed my time in Pacific Log very much.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is it is a beautiful—it's probably my favorite—and it's funny that you mention it in the same breath as Four Tree City. Those might be my two favorite places oh, that we've yeah. been to. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. far. Without they look question. so fucking cool. Yeah, it reminds me, you didn't play Final Fantasy X, but it reminds me of one of the little towns and stuff you visit there before it gets destroyed by Sin. Not like Sin the concept, but Sin the giant dragon monster. Either way.
1: Spoilers. Moving. <laughs> this and, and you've is learned like that you the you first... always give spoiler alerts <laughs> and
0: you did not give one for the deciding. <laughs> you learn that in <laughs> the first cut scene of the game. Okay. So it's not like a big spoiler. It's like, oh no, Sin. It's like, dragon man. It's not a dragon. It's more like a an eldritch whale but either way moving on <laughs> we're on p-dog town right now so um on the way it does say that uh Anna did pass throughout 130 where people were discussing mirage island she never saw it but this is probably where oak got lost it's almost like some like sirens out on the ocean like oh man trying to fool maybe
1: you. he did find it and that's why we haven't seen him because we did not oh, see shit. it Oh, man, we were out here, like, ragging on Professor Oak, but, like, he probably actually, like, succeeded in this venture.
0: Well, he either saw it or thought he st- – well, that's that's my worry is, like, if he saw it, great, like, super cool. But if he just thought he saw it, that's where I'm worried because that's the whole oh, problem with Mirage if Island. he is, just, like,
1: like d- surfed off in a random direction and got caught in some currents.
0: Sesti, have we ever, ever met anyone that's actually been to Mirage Island? Because I'm wondering, conspiracy nope. alert –
1: Oh Garage yes, Island. there's one guy in Pacific Log Town who says he's been there, and he looks out his window every day waiting for it to reappear. Because
0: my theory is that the whole purpose of this whole shit is they just want to get like anybody with like Dunning isn't is it, is it Dunning Kruger that you're irrationally confident in things you have no ability in? I'm gonna just no call idea. it that. It sounds
1: like white male complex to me, but go on. <laughs>
0: Wow. Okay. I'm only like <laughs> 80% Dunning-Kruger. <laughs> Either way, if that's what it is. I feel like that's what it is, like a test to get all the really overconfident, annoying people out and be like, oh, here's Mirage Island. No one can find it. And all the assholes that don't want to admit, sorry, Oak, that they can't find it are like, oh no, I totally found it. And they get fucking lost at sea and Mm. you get all the weirdos out. And then when someone's like, I've been there, you know, they're a liar. Like it's a test that the people in P-Dog Town use to weed out all the assholes and scammers. Because if you said you've been there, you're lying because it doesn't exist. Bam.
1: Derek, I'm going to say this as gently as I know possible. It sounds yeah. like you've been spending a little too much time with QGIS. These that's why I'm ready for this fucking journey to be over. Invisible test you know that no one knows about, but everyone knows about.
0: <laughs> Moving on. Now, one woman <laughs> wanted to trade a blossom for a corsula, but sadly, I know QGIS couldn't fucking figure yeah, that shit out. Ed he doesn't have did Belosom. not.
1: Because Edna f- doesn't know how evolution works. So she was like, yeah, I've read about this, magical... I've seen pictures, <laughs> but the, I am not the person to obtain one for you. So, which is devastating.
0: Q just said that like blossom fossils and pictures and stuff are put there to test our faith.
1: Of course, right.
0: <laughs> well, Sessie, lucky for us, we're going to put this conspiracy to the test, even though you think I'm spending too much time with QGIS. And we had field correspondent Gabby there to interview the man in P-Dog Town that claims to have been to Mirage Island in this exclusive peek into the unknown. We'll be right back. A quick break, and we'll be right back with the show.
1: Hi there, folks. Field correspondent Gabby here in Pacific Log Town with the man who claims to see Mirage Island out his house window. It's so good to have you here with us, sir. What's your name?
0: Hi, my name is uh, my name is Conrad Fident.
1: It's so nice to have you here with us, Mr. Fident. Thank you for your time. Um let's
0: You can call me Con, by the way. My first oh, name is Con. Right,
1: um very informal of you. I love it. Um let's just get right into questions. Can you tell our listeners what is exactly Mirage Island and what's there that's worth seeing?
0: Oh, everything's worth seeing. Mirage Island is the peak of what you're gonna be looking for out on these oceans in Hoenn. Mirage Island is the best. It is beautiful. It is indescribable in its beauty. If you have not seen it, you cannot understand or comprehend it.
1: Well, yeah, that's why I asked you to describe it, but that's fine. Um, can you tell us where does Mirage Island tend to appear?
0: It's one of those if-you-know-you-know things. If you haven't seen it, I don't think I could even give you a location. It's it's just one of those things that comes to you. It appears to you in a dream. You see it, and you know it, and you just go there.
1: All right. Um, well, could you tell us what is the Pacific Log Town lore that surrounds why the island appears and disappears?
0: Well, uh... Appears and disappears is a relative term there. I think in the reality of the situation, it is always there or not there, depending on the human being that is looking for said island. Uh, if you use your logic and reason, you can find that it is always there while never being there at the same exact time. But for people like me, it is there.
1: All right. So, so not quite a Schrodinger's island, but similar in concept?
0: I, I don't know who Schrodinger is, but uh, if that's his island, I, I appreciate his effort in building it.
1: Alright, um, well, I can tell that that maybe this isn't the right land of questioning, so why don't we just, um, wrap it up here. I've got one final question. It's that patented, hard-hitting question for the folks at home. What do you say to the allegations that Mirage Island doesn't actually exist and it's a trap to catch the liars and scammers of Hoenn?
0: But, um, uh, uh, no, it's super real. It is so real. Like, I'm there right now. I'm literally recording from right there. It is, a uh, very real... Um. Yeah. Just don't 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 question it. If you don't believe in it, then uh, you can't find it. If you can't find it, you're not living.
1: Now back to our show.
0: But as relaxing as everything was, we do have to move on to Victory Road, the Elite Four, all the exciting things. And before that, we have to head over to Evergrande City, um, uh, which. Waterfall does a waterfall does block the access to it, which is, like, a very interesting... Clearly, they don't want tourism dollars unless they really want some people to, like, get adventurous. This is, like, part of this whole thing of, like, not wanting people to challenge the Elite Four.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, as this Utopolis city wasn't bad enough, like, now there's just, like, a straight-up waterfall in our way. Like, I don't even understand... In Kanto and Johto, which I have to assume this is a different Elite Four, which is news right like i think yeah at this point i at least have been operating under the assumption that like
0: that there's one singular there's elite four. one
1: standard elite four right um but i guess hoen is off doing their own thing hoeing around um but when we battled the elite four in kanto and johto there was like a spectator section like people could come and watch these challengers battle the elite four and the champion i don't really see how one does that in Hoenn, Because one, there's this waterfall that's blocking access. Two, it's once again an island that's like in the middle of the fucking ocean. Like there's literally like maybe you could take a seaplane from Moss deep, but like you can't fly out of Sutaplis because it's like mm. underwater. Um, so it's just I think this one has got to be an A plus on the conspiracy scale. Like there's no way that. And it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why, like, the Hoenn Tourism Board, like, wouldn't want this. But here we are. Here we find ourselves. It feels like this
0: should be the draw of the tourism. Like, it feels like, if anything, this would be, like, a key draw to tourism. Like, even if people aren't going to challenge the Elite Four or challenge the Path of Victory Road, sell little trinkets and souvenirs and fucking, like, jerseys or T-shirts of the— Like, this is a whole... People come to continents to see and meet these famous trainers. And the the fact that you're just, like, hiding it, I I don't understand what they're, like, trying to accomplish here.
1: Like, Pokemon battling is the number one, like, most highest grossing industry in the Pokeverse. So I don't know why one whole ass, like, region is just opting out of that. I don't know. Maybe they really want to, like hone in on contests as their thing because those were all open and like easily accessible and on a main continent
0: yeah it's it's also just like especially in a place where it's not otherwise desirable to be at because it's fucking 90 percent ocean why not take advantage of whatever you can like
1: well okay. do anything
0: you can to get the extra tourism dollars because like who else wants to come to hone in? Like. Honestly, like, on the list of... We talk about vacations when uh, we get out of season, and We talk about all the fun things we can do when we don't have to follow little trainers around. Like, they have some of the coolest cities and stuff. Do they just decide that P-Dog Town and, like, Fortree, that's all we need? Because, like, honestly, Hoenn would be the vacation spot if they had any sort of, like, desire to attract young trainers.
1: Like, maybe Hoenn seeing the other regions sort of clamor and fight over this um slice of industry that is Pokemon battles. They want to set themselves apart and like one be like an eco tourism, like go stay in a tree house in Fortree City, go stay on an oceanside hut in Pacific Log Town. You know, the beautiful beaches and sands of Slateport City. So yeah. like maybe that's their angle. And then also with the Pokemon contest, like There is a constant rotation of Mm. challengers coming through that circuit, right? Because there's five different contest types and there's only four ranks as opposed to eight different badges plus the elite four. So I have to assume if you're looking at an industry to focus your attention on, Pokemon contest probably just like has a lot more novelty as more challengers to that circuit come through and everything is on the main continent of Hoenn so you can pretty easily get around if you're like following a hot challenger on the circuit or if you're interested in like seeing something high level or like Mm. hot newcomers or like whatever I suppose like they could put their 8th gym well 7th and 8th gym and the Elite 4 on the main continent as well but I guess when you're like looking at the space like usage, if all the other regions are really going to be focusing in on trying to draw tourism for Pokemon battling, maybe it's not so wrong that Hoenn's like, you know what, if you want Pokemon battles, this is not the place for you. But if you're like interested in literally anything but that, come on over.
0: Maybe, maybe. I don't like to give them credit, but maybe (laughs) I'll uh, sit on my conspiracy for now, but that's fine. Either way there is right we get up this waterfall
1: which is yeah back to the waterfall
0: (laughs) there is a pokemon center outside the entrance to victory road which does allow both QGIS and edna to kind of heal uh you can fly back and forth it's really nice to have this like entry exit point to where you don't have to it's easy to get to and from which is important because as you'll find out in a second there may be a good bit of going to and from now on to victory road and now for a quick word from our sponsors Victory Road, it's useless and it's long, Victory Road, it's got water too, Victory Road, everyone hates it, Victory Road, it's only there to keep the elite four in their elite situations and not having to be challenged by a trainer cause they're lazy sacks of shit, Victory
1: Road! Now back to our show.
0: Victor Road as usual is just like annoying as fuck. You're going through <laughs> a caves, and you know how we feel about caves. Fucking hate caves. Especially like, caves. these
1: like extensive, twisting, winding cave systems.
0: Excessive. It's just so it's just so fucking annoying. You're going through ladders, there's different levels, there's bridges and ponds, and just fucking nothing we wanna deal with. We're here for the Elite Four. We've dealt with enough of this. The only thing I will say I'm happy about, I was almost half expecting Victory Road just to be in fucking ocean for Hoenn. So like, honestly, just the fact that I'm not being dragged through an ocean, not all bad. Decent. Now there's plenty of water here because it is fucking Hoenn. Hoenn's gonna hoe. So like fucking water is gonna be everywhere. But like at this point you mentioned for Edna that you have all of the HMs handy, whether it's rock smash or waterfall or dive or surf. At this point Fucking FS has become like an HM friend because of all the different water-based HMs you need to navigate this place. So
1: is Aristotle. Like, Aristotle's whole moveset at this point was HMs. You got Rockstash, yeah. Waterfall, Dive, and Surf, all four of which are used in Victory Road. I don't know that I remember yeah. another Victory Road in Kanto or Johto that had this many HMs required because wait for it Derek we were just talking about the utility of Flash and who still has that on their team at this point and Mm -hmm. we needed Flash in here too and it was like you gotta be fucking kidding me and it did break down and teach Flash to her Volbeat Theodosius because she was like I just do not have time to be wandering around right now like not it not it for me plus She knew where the move deleter was in Lily Cove, so she was like, he can just have a new uh, TM move, you know, no harm, no foul. Annoyant, but no harm, no foul.
0: So I'm not going to lie, Q just did end up just swapping out because of the fact that JF, Kitty, the Skitty, and uh, Flat Earth were kind of not contributing much. They're kind of there for moral support did end up swapping one of them out going in just for one of the hm friends that knew flash previously Mm -hmm. um just to have that handy because it was such a pain in the ass like it's yeah it's a lot like i don't understand the purpose it's not teaching if anything it's basically teaching you to be a bad trainer because you're teaching these moves that otherwise wouldn't be used in conjunction with each other wouldn't be used in combination to your pokemon so it's basically again further trying to pad this elite four from any real challenge because i feel like it's just like okay, we don't want a trainer who's actually doing what the fuck they're supposed to do, and it's just kind of getting annoying to me.
1: For most trainers, I think you would have to have at least one dedicated HM friend. Yeah. Luckily for Edna, she had a Pokemon that was capable of learning four out of the five HMs that she needed. So she was able to bring in an HM friend that was at level um, and was able to contribute in battles. She did, um, for Aristotle go ahead and delete some of those HMs to teach him some TMs after getting through victory road. But Mm. it's just, if it were not for Whalmer, she would have had to, yeah, just pull in a random HM friend and effectively take on the, take on victory road with five Pokemon, not her full six. It's just, it's really just, um, irresponsible of the Pokemon league at this point.
0: Yeah it's annoying to say the least and like watching even from this point where i kind of like not gonna lie at this point i was kind of rooting for Qgis to get his ass kicked the first time or two just because <laughs> like it's been a long trip but either way either way it was still obnoxious to see what they're doing to kind of just make this annoying as opposed to just like a i feel like you
1: should have wanted hugest to be successful so we could like get in get out and move on with our lives
0: I wanted to see a little bit of suffering first, not gonna lie. The rest well, of it, I wanted to speed through. This was, <laughs> we'll get to it. Either way, next I bet a, you
1: did suffer.
0: Mm, that's putting it lightly. I'm in a fucking cave and with water. The worst possible combination at this point. Either way, uh, there is, and Edna did mention that next to a pond, uh, Cool Trainer Vito, which is just a great name. Like, I feel like if your name's Vito, you have to be a cool trainer. Like, let's just be real. Oh, yeah. And says something about how he's the strongest trainer in his family. Is this the final win straight? after that whole fucking debacle earlier
1: yeah well so we thought that the final win straight must be the pokemon league champion right but it turns out he hasn't even gotten through victory road this is an assumption that i am making but the rest of his family all had first names that started with the letter v one of them was vicky i don't remember the rest of them but i know one was vicky Vicky, you're
0: oh so icky just the thought (laughs) around you makes me oh Oh so so sicky Icky Vicky Iky Vicky
1: Ew Icky Vicky Ooh Ew
0: Fucking love that song. That's
1: some childhood right there. Oh my oh not even
0: childhood. Angel and I watch Fairly Odd Parents probably like four hours a day.
1: Have you seen any of the live action ones? Yeah. No,
0: we just rewatched the first like four seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to, back to Vito, who we were talking about. Um, strongest trainer in his family, the final win straight, anticlimactic, as was the rest of your family, Vito. I do like the name Vito, though. I can't even hate on that. Like, That's a great name. At one point in the Wanderings, Edna does find Psychic, which is a fucking wonderful TM. She would already gotten at the Game Corner. Oh, yeah. She just had not gotten it, so this was exciting. Edna um,
1: already um, spent a bunch of money a long time ago at the Mauville Game Corner, to get this TM so she could teach it to fossil the soul Rock. And um, now she has another copy of it. So...
0: To be fair, like, Q just could have taught Psychic to something. But I've stopped paying attention to his little ass when he finds stuff. So, cool if he did, cool if he didn't. I'm doing my <laughs> own thing. I don't know if y'all know, but I brought a 3DS and a Switch with me on Victory Road this time. Just in case one battery dies. Also, you so didn't
1: I'm- remember what kind of Switch you had in the last episode. It's a Switch OLED, friends. I do have a Switch <laughs>
0: Oh, but, uh, I didn't remember which one I had.
1: Yeah, you just said a switch. Dot dot dot. It's got oh, great yeah. battery life.
0: <laughs> I got a switch OLED. <laughs> I
1: know theater I'm of the aware. mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> theater of the mind. I'm holding up the little white controller. It's a great time. Love that thing to death. Now, on our way out of Victory Road, we're stopped by Wally for a final battle. Now, I honestly like. I see you wrote this note. Same thing. I forgot Wally existed. I, like. <laughs> like little bro like i was happy for him when we first met him good for you little man have not thought about him since me either it's It's
1: been so long i think since modville city that we've seen him
0: i mean he's been out
1: here clearly living his best life because he has a really phenomenal pokemon team that i'm very impressed by
0: it's a little weird to me like what has he been like maybe (coughs) excuse me it's very interesting and kind of weird to me isn't this what other trainers are supposed to do? Instead of, like, the weirdos that just pop up and bother us the entire way? Like, Looking Wally just Brendan. did his own thing? Yeah! yeah. Like,
1: right! He like, like Wally got his ass kicked by Edna, I think twice, maybe. And was yeah. like, you know what? I need to dedicate myself to be learning about Pokemon, becoming a good trainer, building out a good team, and then I will follow my own journey that apparently took him through the eight gyms and now onto Victory Road to challenge the Elite Four. Um, and has not been a pest the way that fucking Brendan has been. So kudos to him. I know May has been lovely.
0: Getting onto Wally's team now. Wally's got an Altaria that's level 44, Roselia at level 44, a Magneton at level 41, a Delcaddy at 43, and a Gardevoir at 45. Not going to like kind of a badass team. It's a Very such much a good of this team. entire team. That's yeah. a good
1: team, it's well balanced, it's only five, but I assume yeah. that he did not battle with his six Pokemon because it was an HM friend, so.
0: True, true, true. Just did keeping him there for emotional support.
1: Did Q just have any troubles because Edna did not?
0: No, not not yet, no. The, the trouble had not popped up yet. Um, which i'm kind too of surprised
1: of a... looking back at my notes here that edna did not have troubles because this is like yeah. i said a really well-rounded team at decent levels like mm. edna's pokemon were about on par here i think they were all around level 45 at this point yeah but she did struggle in the elite four so i am like yeah. looking back at this journey with this battle with wally and being like wow good job edna
0: <laughs> and now for a quick word from our sponsors
1: Are you the impatient type of trainer? Have you skated along in your Pokemon Gym Challenge only to be stopped in your tracks by the Elite Four? Do you just not have the time or patience to train your Pokemon team the old fashioned way? Of course, we mean slaughtering hordes of wild Pokemon in Victory Road. Introducing Rare Candies. These sweet treats are packed with Pokemon Growth Hormone to induce leveling at an amazing, nearly instantaneous rate. One Rare Candy is guaranteed to increase the level of a single Pokémon by one. Gone are the days of slogging through battles and bonding with your Pokémon through shared difficulty. Take the easy route and shove these candies down your Pokémon's throat! Disclaimer: Rare Candy is not currently licensed for sale in Hoenn. You assume all risk in feeding these to your Pokémon. These claims have not been evaluated by the Hoenn Food and Drug Administration. Now, back to our show.
0: Speaking of the Elite Four, let's get on it because this is where shit goes down for for QGIS and gets very exciting. Now, I see Edna had some trouble too on the Elite Four as far as trying to go through it.
1: Yeah, so I will say, and I don't know if you want me to go through Edna's full journey, but at least the first time that she attempted to battle the Elite Four, um, she got through the first three, and in her fourth and final battle, just got her ass handed to her. Um, and I actually texted you and was like, Edna did not bring enough revives. Like, if you haven't gotten there yet with Hughes, like, make sure you bring or you tell him to bring a bunch of healing items. You never texted me back, so I assume things went poorly.
0: <laughs> yeah, the it was twice that Hughes went in and just got his ass kicked.
1: How far did he get?
0: So the first time, actually both times, I think got stuck up on the ice on glacia. Because he had no fire types.
1: Oh, yeah. So, we so, should like, clarify. The so, the Elite sorry, Four yeah. in... Not sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Um, the Elite Four in Hoenn, being that they're different and separate from the Elite Four in Kanto and Johto. We have Sydney up first. who's a dark type trainer. We have mm. Phoebe second, a ghost type trainer. Glacia third is an ice type trainer. And Drake fourth is a dragon type trainer. So... Q just got all the way to Glacia in his first two tries.
0: Yeah. Ice kicked his ass twice. And looking ahead, because you talk to trainers around here, you find out exactly kind of what's coming, who what trainer types are. And he, I had a talk with him, and that he's irrationally confident, thinking he knows everything. And this was a nice little wake-up call to see his ass get embarrassed. So oh. it was wonderful. L- I just I was living. And I also love ice types in general, so it was double cool. But either way, that happened twice. So he ended up leaving to go catch some Pokemon to swap out Flat Earth, the Nakeda, and to swap out JF Kitty the Skitty, just because having just dead weight on the team at that point for emotional support wasn't doing enough. Mm-hmm. So he ended up, and I guess I could jump into this. Now, he ended up catching two new Pokemon and actually got them up to level 40 initially to when he caught them as for a first try and it ended up working out pretty well. Did a little bit of training in, in Victory Road, but caught a torque hole that he named hot take because he is nothing if not a hot take artist Woo! and he was just i was giving him a lot of shit and i think this is his first like oh okay hot like it was almost like some self-deprecation which is nice
1: okay that like itself, some self-awareness yeah 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 which was
0: nice that erased itself when we got into more serious conversations he we went back into his was a little hole because he then named he went at this point knowing dragons were coming last spoiler Spoiler alert, or you just said it, so not really a spoiler. I already said
1: it. It's not a spoiler, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> either way. I'm used to spoiling stuff, so I just say it anyway. He went ahead and caught a Reggie ice or Reg-ice Reg-ice, Reg-ice.
1: Reg-ice. yeah. Reg-ice. Think, either way. Yeah.
0: Um, and he named it the... He named it <laughs> in a jumble of letters, Ice Caps Are Fine. <laughs> so... He was trying to say, like, look, we got Reg Ices running around. The Ice Claps are clearly fine. If they can run around and still be frozen, I was like, that's not how it works. Pokemon biology allows them to stay frozen. It's not like, I don't know what you're doing here, but he did name the Reg Ice Ice Caps are fine. So got those two added to the squad, swapped them out. And honestly, after that team and some, like, training and some pep talks, it was like a fucking Rocky training montage of me, like, hyping them up, like, I don't want to go home. I'm tired of your ass. I don't want to send you back to your family. Fuck you, little man. Not exactly. But either way. That's a
1: terrible pep talk, Derek. It
0: was. I I did not. I was. I behaved it. Either way. That on the squad, it went so well. Literally, it went from like, literally even the first time, the first two trainers that he beat, it was close calls. Like having to use super potions and all these things, having to use a couple revives, Mm -hmm. getting his ass handed to him by the third one. And by the time, I believe he got the reg ice all the way up to level 43, I think he learns ice beam. Mm -hmm. somewhere in that range was able to get that going in and then just kind of skated through after that. And it was a good experience to kind of see the highs and the lows of getting destroyed and kind of getting embarrassed twice to just dominating the third time.
1: So Edna, I mentioned battled the elite four one twice. Her first time she made it all the way to Drake and just like got her ass fucking handed to her. Um, So she did a little bit of additional training, bought a bunch more revives, and headed back into the Elite Four. At this point, her Pokemon were all around, um, I want to say level 46, except for Torkoal and Whalmer who she used um, rare candies to get them both up to level 50. Because she had banked, I think, 11 rare candies at this point. So she used a couple of of those on um, both Torkoal and Whalemur to get them up to level 50 each. So because I go a little bit more in depth um, with Edna... So Sydney was up first, the dark type trainer. All I have to say here is that this is a fucking cakewalk for Edna because apparently Theodosius the Volbeat is a tank and like one hit KO everybody. It was impressive. I do remember, and this is a funny story, Edna had a bunch of vitamins that she had been storing and saving that she had found throughout her journey and that she was like force feeding to her Pokemon before going into the elite four. And she tried to feed Theodosius the ones that increase his attack power because um, bug type moves are physical attack moves in Hoenn. And it was like, this vitamin will have no effect. And she was like, wow, apparently I just have a perfect Volby that, a Pokemon that's literally like a 1% spawn in her universe, and it's got maxed out attack. So Sydney, no problem. Theodosius kicked ass, took names. It was amazing. Next up is Phoebe the ghost type trainer. Both times that Edna challenged the Elite Four, this was just a total slog for her. She did not have any Pokemon that knew dark type moves. She had taught Theodosius Shadow Ball, but Ghost-type moves are a special attack, Um, and Theodosius' special attack just, like, was not great. So it really did not have that much benefit to her to try and use Shadow Ball. So really, this battle, both times that she challenged the Elite Four, was just using a bunch of Revives, a bunch of Hyper Potions, a bunch of Full Restores to just try and keep her team on its feet, and throwing out attacks and eventually wearing down Phoebe's team. Like, there was no real strategy or um, advantage that Edna used here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Moving yeah, on will- to... Oh, go ahead. Go.
0: I will say, yeah. Similarly, while it was still a breeze, having... So, have you have you ever heard... This is another aside. Have you ever heard the Shaq argument on how to buy gas and how to save money on gas?
1: Uh, Derek, I don't drive a car that... Oh shit! So I don't know. Humble brag, not so humble brag. (laughs) I don't drive a car, so gas uh, prices in America are crazy high.
0: Same. Well, I don't don't drive a car. Period. So, (laughs) so (laughs) either way, Shaq makes this argument that basically makes no sense, saying that if it costs if it costs eighty dollars to fill up your tank all the way, instead of just hypothetically in a made up world, instead of spending eighty to fill up your tank all the way, if you fill it up when it gets halfway. You won't have to spend forty, but if you wait until it gets a quarter empty, you won't have to spend twenty. And if you just get, let it go to a quarter empty, like you lose a quarter, spend twenty, you only spend twenty dollars and spend instead of spending eighty to fill it up. And they were trying to explain to him, in total, you're still going to end up spending the same amount of money. And he was like, "No, you just spend twenty and it's full." And it's like this never-ending argument. And that's that's what I feel like with my love and QGIS's apparent love of super potions. The one thing we have in common. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to spend less money on super potions, not mentioning I have to buy twice as fucking many. Yeah. and end up spending more money instead of getting hyper potions, but it seems like less because it's less at a time. So many a super potion was used up in between battles. So it was a breeze relatively, but no, I agree with you. There were some some super potions that I believe one revive still was used on that like smooth run.
1: Okay, well, one revive is way less than Edna used, because Phoebe was just a disaster. (laughs) Glacia, the third trainer, like you said, Ice-type specialist, or like I said, her Pokemon, most of them were dual water and ice-type, so this was really a show between Rosalind the Torkoal and McClintock the Minan. Again, lots of revives used at one point tropius came out to battle her final pokemon walrein and Edna forgot that <laughs> even though walrein is part water and tropius is part grass and therefore would be have an advantage against the water type attacks or the water typing of walrein that tropius is also four times weak to ice um <laughs> so that was kind of embarrassing
0: <laughs> one time there
1: but like mine Held it down, um. Yo, it was Peta, pretty the
0: same way. Peta fucking
1: mm. unchallenged MVP for sure is McClintock, um, and then getting to Drake the Fourth, um, Aristotle the Wilmer Edna, um, had it forget Rock Smash and taught him Ice Beam instead. So for the flygons which are ground type and dragon type ice is 4x effective against them so they were no problem um the altaria had the potential to be an issue because it used a couple of dragon dances and edna was like oh shit like (laughs) this altaria is about to take out my whole fucking team but in the two turns that altaria used dragon dance fossil her soul rock was able to get off two rock slides and rock was still super effective against altaria because it's part flying so that was no problem same with salamence pretty surprisingly um just to use rock slide and it was not a problem um so that was good two thumbs up there no real problem with drake the second time through but by the time she got through drake right up to going to the champions battle The second time that edna came through the elite four she did stock up on revives uh knowing that she didn't bring enough in the first time did not stock up on more hyper potions so Mm. edna really scraped the bottom of the barrel here she used up the last of the potions that she was still carrying around the couple of super potions her citrus berries her oran berries i mean she used every healing item that she had And going into the champion battle, five of her Pokemon were at full health. McClintock Hermione was at half health because it had been revived and just Edna had run out of healing items. So going Hmm. into this champion battle, Edna was like, I have revives. I have one max revive. I have no healing items. Like, I have to actually win this on strategy and not just on sacrificing my team and, like, slogging through. So... Big reveal here on who mm. the champion is. Should we do a little like
0: Hold on. I don't know if they've caught and picked up, but yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Steven. <laughs> I did not see this coming. We spent the whole Steven. fucking season being like this guy is a complete asshole who knows literally nothing. And here he is, just, like, the fucking champion of the Hoenn region. Like-
0: who did he pay to get this title is my question. Okay, like, <laughs> Pero-like, who did he throw money at Pero-like. to get this? Pero-like. like like, honestly, like, sorry, when I drink my mind, he comes out. Either way, <laughs> who, like, I don't believe this. I refuse to believe that Steven is capable of to pull off any of this shit. Like, Steven, I will fight you. Not even, like, as a weird thing. Like, I was mad. I was heated when I walked in that room, like bro like really
1: i think both edna and i were just so confused and steven had like his whole speech prepared about like this you know challenger coming thank you for making it to the champion i don't know i'm just making this up because i don't remember any of it because edna and i were just like skirt hold up what (laughs) the
0: skirt (laughs) that's
1: the breaks that's what it is. no i know i know <laughs> no i know but it's also skirt. like
0: um yeah first of all like you said, what the fuck?
1: battle yeah so let's bring this bring this in for landing here Derek.
0: well the thing is like steven's got steel types and q just just spent all of this time prepping a fucking hole name hot take to get rid of ice pokemon so it was mm-hmm. not it was as anticlimactic as it was to find out fucking Steven was this champion. It's like, oh, so you're the champion and ran through that. Like, this was the first, one of the first battles I've ever rooted for Q, just like hardcore. Like, I didn't want him to suffer at all. I wanted to make sure Steven did not get any <laughs> sort of. I don't like Steven. I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm tired of his ass.
1: Yeah, I would not say this was an easy battle for Edna, but what I will say is that she won on the first try despite not having any healing items at her disposal, which is. Not something I think I could say for any of the members of the Elite Four, except maybe Sydney. So, Hmm. um, yeah, that Torkoal flamethrower just absolutely crushed it. Um, Fossil, her soul rock. She had taught Earthquake, which is also super effective against Steel types. Um, It did come down to the wire. I think that um, she used her Max Revive on Torkoal at one point. And that final showdown between Metagross and Torkoal, um, Rosalind came out on top with a total of, let me just make sure I don't get this wrong, 12 hit points. But a win is a win, especially when you don't have any healing items except for revives. So, like, I'm saying that's pretty impressive on Edna's part.
0: No, I don't disagree. That's very impressive. Look at that!
1: So now QGIS and Edna, they both they did the dang thing. They're Pokemon they League champions.
0: And Steven got to lose twice in a day. So and fuck Steven yes.
1: lost twice in a day.
0: <laughs> and they did it. And it feels weird to say this, but that's that's the end of this journey. They did this it. Cursed, I don't
1: know. Cursed journey.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Like at this point, I don't even want to like pay owed to. It. At this point, I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah, it's over, cool. Peace, like
1: like we deserve <laughs> this dang vacation because like we've oh. had to take some time off, forced to take some time off this season, and none of it was um intentional or actually restful. So this time it's gonna be at least for a few weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll be a, it might be a short vacation, but it's gonna be a fucking vacation regardless. So whew, shocking. That's gonna wrap it up for the season. Where are we going next? Well, we're going to Sinnoh, which is I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm excited. And we'll get into that more later, but I'm very excited.
1: Well, I do feel like we can say here, Derek, you have never been to Sinnoh. Ever. Never.
0: Never, ever. I'm not super well-traveled. I've missed out on Sinnoh. So I'm incredibly fucking excited to see really what it has to offer. All the exciting new Pokemon I haven't really got to spend time around. I am ecstatic. These first three journeys we've been on... I've been around this a lot. I, I've tried. These are kind of like my home continents that I've been around, Hoenn, mm-hmm. enough to be familiar with it. This is kind of branching out into a new world for me, so I'm very, very excited. So yeah, we'll be meeting a lot of some new trainers that are going to be going through this gym challenge, um, and it's super exciting. Kind of give a peek into we have, we won't talk about trainer names or anything just yet. I don't believe we're just going to give a peek into what next season's going to be. And basically what it is, is every time one of these trainers defeats a gym, they have to make sure they have at least one Pokemon of the, on their team of that type that they've defeated. So if the first gym is Rock-type. Just throwing it out there. You have to have a Rock-type on, on your team after that point and have to go get one hunted down. It's going to be super exciting. Back to trainers that believe in evolution. Getting to see some <laughs> new Pokemon. I literally cannot wait. I feel like I'm going to be... This season was a lot of me venting. And I feel like next season is just going to be joy. And I am so excited. It is,
1: yeah, joyous exploration. I'm really excited. Sinnoh has this state-of-the-art gym trainer um, internship program. So that's, Derek described it in practical terms. But in terms of how we're approaching this from a logistical standpoint, our two trainers are going to be interns um, with the Pokemon League. And so learning about each of the gym leaders as they go through this journey. I'm really excited to experience this again. It's been a while since I've been in Sinnoh. I'm very excited to get to be on this journey with you, Derek, and hear every week your reactions to being in this new region for you. So look forward to that. Our first episode of what will be season four is going to debut in three weeks' time on June 20th. So we're going to have a few weeks off to recuperate from this very taxing journey in Hoenn. And then look out later this week as well. We will have our season three debrief drop within a few days' time.
0: Hey, it's gonna be very exciting. Stay tuned for it. But until then, for now it's been Pokemon Radio with your host Derek and Sessy and Professor Oak's Pokemon Talk. Sessie hit him with the social media for the last time this season.
1: If you are on Twitter or Instagram, you know you can find us at Pokemon Radio Pod. Please rate and review the show if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. And no matter where you listen to the show, please do subscribe or follow on whatever platform that might be.
0: This show is made possible by support for your Goldrod Public Radio subscription from listeners like you. Always remember each Pokemon to understand you You better better not evolve. evolve. Pokemon! Let's see, much, let's, let's see how much we can Chocolate remember.
1: Chocolate shake is the answer.
0: It's, it's, it's a I Timmy is an average kid that <laughs> no, no one, one understands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mom, and, Mom dad and dad
0: and Vicky always giving him commands. That's
1: squirt!
0: Two men blew up in his room.
1: Something is fizzly.
0: It's one is magic little fish so grand ever fish. wish. Cause, Cause in, in reality
1: they They, they
0: call them the odd parents, parents. Fairly odd parents. parents. Wands and wigs. Loony crowdy things.
1: Odd, odd parents, parents. Fairly parents.
0: odd parents. <laughs> I don't know that. It's a large moose guava juice. Something something. Chocolate shake. Woo! It's a great song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay,
1: so we don't remember that much, but... <laughs> <laughs>